Hi, T. Hi, Jill. So let's start with the basics. I think there are a lot of questions around how professionals who are ready to take the next step in their career can begin to distinguish themselves from a leader versus a manager. And I felt you would be the perfect person to bring on to talk it through. So we'll start with asking you, can you kind of talk about some of the differences between a leader and a manager in a professional or workplace setting? Yeah, absolutely. So um, one thing I like to mention in terms of distinguishing the two, one deals with strategies and the other deals with more on the task end, right? So a, a manager is more or less going to be interested in the day-to-day, -day, the, the push of seeing duties through, whereas a leader is going to be more strategy, more vision. Um, they're going to overall want to see transformation. I really love that you said that because I think that strategy and transformation is a direction that a lot of organizations are moving in today, especially post-COVID. So when you're thinking of a senior leadership role or when you're thinking of like what someone who's in a senior leadership C-suite would, would want, what do you think that they're looking for when they're seeking out leaders? Do you think that they're looking for someone who's more on the task oriented side or someone who's looking to be more transformational? Absolutely. Someone that's going to be more transformational. Remember, they're looking for this individual to be able to um, evoke ideas from others as well as from themselves. So a good leader should be someone who can inspire. They're able to inspire their team to do better, to want better, to see their vision and really want um, to push forward those initiatives. They're going to be someone who fosters creativity. So they're not going to hinder um, the individual on the team who seeks to go outside outside and um, the boundaries and, and find new ways of doing things because they understand that's where growth lies in that. So when I think about if I'm looking to hire someone who is going to be my ideal leader of an organization, it's going to be someone who is able to create transformation. I love that you said that because a lot of times we have this, especially in the career world, uh, we have this, this, this stigma around toxic bosses and, and, and toxic leadership, yep. but you really pointed out something that was profound when you said it's about leaders understanding that they're going to work with different personalities. And sometimes when you have that big personality or that person on your team that maybe has a personality that doesn't align with what or the type of work or the type of work style that you're used to, um, that can kind of ruffle some feathers. And so I really love that you pointed that out. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So what I'll say is a lot of people maybe, especially job seekers, maybe in a space where they know that they want to take that next step into leadership, but they're really struggling to identify what that leadership style may be in their organization. How can you begin to identify your style of leadership, although you may not be a leader? Yeah. Um, so I'd say one of the number one places you're going to want to look is inside yourself. We kind of start... We. 
as we grow in our career, we kind of start to know who we are, right? You know, the types of things that we like or dislike, what kind of really gets us going or what pushes buttons. So you really want to understand yourself within, like, who are you? right? How do you identify who you are? We'll get into that um, briefly, but really understanding who you are. The second thing is many people take reviews for granted. Those reviews are an opportunity to see, first of all, how your leadership looks at you in terms of how what your skill set is, how you lead the team. Um, what is it that you're bringing to the table? That's going to tell you a lot about where you are in terms of being a leader or someone who is um, more duty driven, right? Um, and then most importantly, think about what your friends, your family, what are the things that they come to you about? What are some of the things that they say you do really well? That's going to give you a high level overview about your leadership skills. I love that you said that too, um, T. So the one thing I want to ask you about, when you say go and get reviews, especially from your peers in a workplace perspective, are you speaking about only formal reviews, like in a performance evaluation or mid-year evaluation, or are you talking about getting regular and frequent feedback? You know, honestly, I'm talking about a little bit of both, right? So those annual or performance reviews that you get that are formal, um, whether it's semi-annual or annual, provide a baseline for you to be able to know, you know, what you do really well. Now, most organizations have where they're par pair you up with a mentor or maybe you're mentoring someone else. Um, be open to 360 degree feedback, you know, um, whether you are giving, whether you're the culture or um, or you're the coachee, right? So um, you want to make sure that, or maybe I say that all wrong, but the mentor or the mentee is more or less um, what I'm speaking of. Um, make sure that you are open and receptive and listening to what people are saying, you know, you do really well. It may be they say, you know, T, hey, you, you do, I understood what you were saying, however, it's not you're not effectively communicating with me because um, your approach may be off. So now I need to look at my delivery. So things like that um, is what's going to help you to identify what you need to work on, what's going to help push you for forward in that initiative to becoming the next leader. I love that. And something a tool that I used um, previously was especially when connecting with family and friends was I asked 10 people that I knew, mm -hmm. right? 10 family mm -hmm. members to send me back their top 10 words that came to mind when they thought of me. Was it that I was inspirational? Was it that I was creative? Like, what did you think of me when you thought about, you know, when you thought about how I approach work, how I approach, you know, partnerships? And I was really surprised at some of the key words that I got back that helped me to understand my my leadership style. So I, I love that and, and, and the recommendation that you gave for how people can reach and lean into their organizations to get that feedback. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you did that. That's that's a, a great way to identify who you are, you know, as you build on your career brand in general. 
And so that takes me into my next question. When you're building your career brand, it's great to have some of these one-off tools. One of the things that you mentioned was the semi-annual and annual review, which gives you that baseline. But are there other self-assessment tools or strategies that you would recommend that people can use to determine their natural leadership skills? Yes, absolutely. There are um, you have the disc assessment. So there there are assessments that measure different things. Right. So the disc assessment is behavioral ver uh, is behavioral based, whereas the Myers-Briggs type um, indicator is a personality and behavioral as well as skills based um, and cognitive um, assessment. But my all time favorite is the Gallup Strengths Finder. And that is more or less helps you to identify what your strengths are um, that so that you can put that out there. So a, using a combination of all of those, you can kind of sort of gauge where you are and what you need to work on and what you want to highlight in terms of marketing and branding yourself. And so I think that the DISC assessment is one one of the most popular, the, the most popular tests that people know about. But I mm -hmm. think that the Strengths Finder test you stated was specifically for leaders, correct? Absolutely. So when when you are, let's say you have your you have your performance reviews, you have your self-assessment tools. So you've really done the work to create a strong baseline of understanding how you need to go about doing the work or maybe your strengths, your weaknesses or your opportunities and then creating a plan to define how you're going to go about that work. What are some of the challenges or pitfalls that you've noticed that professionals encounter on the job search when they are officially transitioning into some of those leadership roles outside of the assessment, the, the skills? What are some of the other challenges that you've you've come, you've come across? Right. Um, most people, they don't believe they possess the, the skill set. They think they need more education um, or certifications before going into leadership. Um, they're just they there is a huge um, mindset issue, honestly, in, in understanding that you already have the skills you've demonstrated. It's just a matter of taking what you have done and thinking about it in terms of your achievements versus um, task orientation. That's a really great, I mean, that takes us back to exactly what you said at the mm -hmm. beginning. When you're looking to transition from an individual contributor into that leadership role, it's really important that you're no longer talking about the tasks that you've executed, mm -hmm. but you're talking about the strategy that was behind you getting those tasks implemented. So let's say that you've identified, you've identified your challenges, you have your baseline, how can you make sure that as you are in your leadership position or as you're growing in that leadership position, you're staying effective? Because a lot of times I think that once we make it to that leadership role, right, from individual contributor to, to that leadership role, we kind of lose, we kind of lose that ability to, to I don't want to say, I don't want to say curious. I'm going to say that I think a lot of leaders forget what it, what it felt like to be individual contributor, right? So how do leaders remain effective in their roles, especially in rapidly growing workplaces? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, so one thing you have to do is stay in the know, right? There's things are always changing. Um, society is consistently evolving. So you want to stay on top of what's taking place, whether it's new tech or um, new ways of think about it. Just what? Two years ago, we went into an environment where everyone was working from home. So that, whereas if you were predominantly focused on managing someone within the office and not have in having eye contact, you had to get into a space where you could virtually manage an individual. How could you make sure that that person understands in your delivery right? Because our delivery kind of changes on camera, even on the phone and different in, in, those, in those different settings. So being able to manage your delivery style for each of those um, different settings is very important. Um, being open to change and adaptable at all times, because again, going back two years ago, the world shut down. So you had to jump in and figure out how does our organization look now? How do I get my team to stay on board? Know that, you know, we're going to make it through this. So really understanding, um, you know, office dynamics, workplace dynamics and moving forward from there. And I agree. I want to kind of pause here and just share a story. Um, there is a leader that I'm working with on um, one, one of the contracts that I have. And mm -hmm. One of her, one of the major things is a lot of the, the engineers, right, have a lot of work to get done and we need to figure out a way to automate the way that we present the, the tracking information to senior leadership. Mm -hmm. Well, the senior leadership isn't really well versed in things such as Power BI. She wants the work to be physically put into PowerPoint and is really creating a lot of strain on the team because the leader isn't willing to adopt adapt. And mm -hmm. so I definitely think that that goes hand in hand with what you're saying. When you have a when you have a team that's asking you for X, I know that feasibly, right? Not everything mm -hmm. that your team asks you for can the budget approve, can it be approved mid-year? Some of those nuances, but I would say that for for the majority of the time when you're listening to your team and you're and you're evolving and you're growing with your team, you understand how they can get the work done more effectively and efficiently, right? When we're listening to each other. So, I really like that you said that. Absolutely. So, can you shares an example. I know that you work with a lot of professionals and you work specifically with a lot of leaders who have been able to make that transition. Can you talk about an example of someone who you've been able to successfully transition from a individual contributor role to a leadership role? Um. Yes, absolutely. So I partnered with recently, I partnered with an individual um, she worked in tech. She worked in tech for an, an, quite a number of years. And um, thinking back to what her role was, I feel like she was a a product a product owner or um, a product specialist um, at that time. And she was wanting to be um, the director, product director. And what we did was really hone in on her value in terms of her being able to communicate that value, right? Because the roles look a lot different. 
what most people do when it's time to move into a leadership role, they think in terms of, you know, going back again in terms of tasks, because that's what you know. That's where you've devoted the most time. We're always as cre we're humans, we're creatures of habit. Right. So we're always going to go back to what we know best. So what we did was um, over four sessions, walk through her mindset, you know, in terms of getting her to understand she already embodied the necessary skills she needed to move into this um, higher level role, um, got her to understand and tie those skills into what the organizations she was going to be applying to were looking for, as well as the skills she already possessed. And with her embodying that, communicate that value. And within... I'm going to say four weeks into us working together, we were on our, we were in our third session. She was in front of TikTok, um, as well as ex formerly Twitter. I think that's what we say now ex, as ex formerly Twitter, um, for these high level positions. And it's because she, once, once you see your career brand and you see things laid out and someone has made it clear that you have this, this skill set, you've already been doing the work, you've shown the leadership. Now you just have to be able to communicate that effectively. Now you have that confidence, right? You have that confidence to go out there and sell yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's what she did. And I love that you said that she understood the organization's needs. Mm -hmm. I think that that is so underrated especially when people are looking to make the change. I think a lot of times, and I really want to hone in on this because I think mm -hmm. that we talk about salary increase, salary increase, salary increase, but we don't talk about what's needed in some of the emotional intelligence that's mm -hmm. needed to help you meet that six-figure goal. And a lot of times it is you really and truly understanding and articulating the business. Mm -hmm. um, and how well you articulate the business. So that was, I love that T that was chef's kiss. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so one thing that you also, one thing that I know that you and I talk about a lot behind the scenes is mm -hmm. how leaders communicate. And we know that communication, you alluded to that earlier mm -hmm. is crucial. And so can we talk about some of the skills that are needed or some of the types of coaching uh, mm -hmm. skills that leadership may or could use? Yes, you know, this is my baby right here, right? Mm -hmm. um, you, you definitely have to be an effective communicator. Um, most leaders are, if they're power driven, right? It's mm -hmm. more or less hey, do what I say, do. That's that's not necessarily leading. You have to be able to listen, be an active listener, um, and clearly clearly articulate, you know, what is it that you're needing from the team? What is it that you are um, expecting them to do? Because some most of the time there is a communication problem. Um, you'd be surprised how many people I speak to who have really honestly, just down in the dumps because they've just been beaten down so bad by their leadership team in terms of, you know, you can't do this or I've, and yes, I've had people, leaders tell them, you know, you're, 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 you're no good at this. You can't do this. And, you know, how can they move? How can they move forward with the support that they're needing to grow as individuals in their career period? 
if you're not an effective communicator. So I, I'm, I'm a firm believer if you have a, um, a leader in your organization who is driven by I, you probably have to think about placing them in a different position or moving them out because um, they could definitely destroy the organization solely based on, you know, how they're treating the people. And it's very important that the people um, feel appreciated, you know, be able to accept as well as give constructive feedback, right? Because, you know, simply talking crazy to people is not going to work, right? Um, and be able to inspire and motivate. So that those are all the culminations of great communication that's going to help pull or push the organization forward. I love that. And one of the methods that I love the most is, and you and you alluded to it, right? When you're digging mm -hmm. in and you're understanding and identifying some of the gaps that the team has, the way that I feel like leaders do that most effectively is through asking questions. Mm -hmm, if mm -hmm. your team is missing the mark or they have opportunities within the team, then that means that there may be an opportunity for training, right? And so mm -hmm. in order to feel, fill that training gap, like you said, you have to understand what's missing. And the way that I, I love to do that is through asking questions, identifying what do you know, and based on what you know, where is the gap? And then coming up with a, a training plan to make sure that that gap has been filled. So mm -hmm. I think that that you 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 definitely hit that on the head. And we talk about that all the time because mm -hmm. I think that communication has it, it can really it can inspire someone to stay at a company. Right. Or it can really push someone out out of a company. Um and so with that, I know that there's a lot of opportunities for leaders to get their own training and fill their own skill gaps. What type of training or development opportunities do you feel like leaders or aspiring leaders can use to enhance their, their skills or create their skills? Yeah. So, um, you know, there the couple of free ways out there is to make sure that you are involved in um, groups, whether it's on LinkedIn or it's leadership groups within the community. There's just so many out there, you know, like us, Jill. Right. You have to be around people who are like you. Right. That's what's going to help you grow. Um, see what workshops are out there. There are some workshops that you can take to help develop a certain skill set, whether you're um, laser focusing on something or really um, casting out a net to grab skills where you, you feel like you may be um, lacking. Mentorship is very, very important. Getting mentorship and coaching um, to help improve who you are, to make you a better leader is, is just is, is, is one of the most essential pieces. And I feel like it's ongoing because as a leader, um, you, you get a lot of things up top. There's a lot of things where most people don't know um, that happens in a day to day that come to you. Right. So it can be quite the burden to bear. So you want to make sure that you have an outlet. You want to make sure that if there's something that you need to work on, you're getting that support where needed and advocate for yourself, you know, because everyone's not going to know all the things, right? So if you're in, if you're a leader in the, in the organization, it doesn't necessarily all the time mean that you're going to have to come out of your your pocket for these different workshops. It could be a um, something that you talk with your um, upper management about 
or HR and see if they can sponsor you in these different programs because they're going to they want you to be um, as effective as possible. And if that means that they've got to splurge a little bit, these and they have these dollars in most organizations to allocate um, to these types of resources, then just speak up for yourself, really advocate for yourself. And you you mentioned advocating. What does that look like when someone really begins to advocate for themselves? Can you give us an, an example of how someone can advocate for themselves within their organization or with their senior leadership? What does it mean to advocate for yourself? Let's start there. What does it mean to advocate? For <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's really you know um, not just. So in layman's terms, let's make this simple, right? So I'm just not showing up to work and, and then they're saying, uh, they're moving me where they want to move me and my career is just guided by God knows what, okay? Mm -hmm. it, it really means that you're taking ownership. You're taking ownership and you're you're bringing things um, into the light. You're, you are um, to, into the light of, of your... your um, your leader of what it is that you're wanting to do. Um, you, if you are, let's, let's talk it in terms of salary because most people really understand the money. We all, no one, no one is okay with the 3%, right? Right. right. <laughs> so if I'm not okay with the 3%, I know that I deserve more than that. Here's where I advocate for more. When we sit down to have that annual review, I'm going to have a breakdown of how I've contributed to the organization, to the team, um, what that looks like quantifiably so that they easily understand. And I'm going to ask for, you know, 5% or, you know, it all needs to make sense, you know, but I'm going to basically state my claim on why. Um, I should get paid more. And most people don't do that. If someone brings them into the office, says, hey, you know, thank you. You did a great job. You hit X, Y, Z mark. And here's your 3% raise. And you need to be able to advocate for yourself and say, you know, thank you for that. But I was really thinking along the lines of 5%. And here's why. Mm -hmm. I love that you said here's why, right? One thing that I have always used with my background being a project manager is CYA and all my PMs know what that means. That means cover <laughs> yourself, right? right? Cover yourself. Make sure that you do have documentation. Make sure that, you know, when you're working on things, you have dates next to when you started the project, when you finished a project, what are some of the, the risks that occurred within the project? What were some of the outcomes? You want to be able to speak to how you have affected the organization. Um, I think that that's huge. So you also mentioned free and you know, our job seekers, we love a good <laughs> free, you know, a good, some good free, uh, free advice. So can we talk about, do you think that there are any specific courses or books or resources that you can recommend? Maybe let me not say free, but we'll say low cost mm -hmm. that people can kind of take a look at to begin to exercise some of those, those skills or learning about new ways that they can showcase their skills. Yeah. So one place I think everyone should absolutely start because I, I, I just love, and you guys know my, my word clearly is absolutely. Jill, we talk about filler words all the time and that is one of my filler words. Absolutely. Awesome. <laughs> oh my goodness. But, um, I think that everyone should take a look at Harvard 
business review. They put out some really good um, material for leaders, whether they are diving into emotional intelligence, uh, motivation. There's like so many, you know, mindfulness. Harvard, Harvard Business Review has some really good books out there. You can check them out um, on your whatever, you know, your listening device and choice is. I'm not going to throw your names out there, um, but just Google it. And trust me, you won't be disappointed. They they lead you in the right direction. And so with, and I know Harvard Business Review has been around for a very long time. Do you know of any emerging trends or shifts in the workplace that could impact the way that professionals view leadership roles, especially post-pandemic? What, what emerging trends do you expect for leaders to, to see? Yeah. So one thing I think we all are, you know, kind of like, ooh, where, where, where does this lead to in the next six months, six, six years uh, is AI. You know, mm -hmm. you've got to figure out how to work alongside AI. So AI is a, it is honestly, it's a great tool. It's a, you know, that's just what it is. It's a tool. Um, I say, don't run from it, figure out how it can help you in your day to day. And it can honestly help all of us. If you're someone going back into what we were, you just asked, um, in terms of free resources out there, maybe you, you want to figure out a better way of saying something before you have a meeting with a, um, troubled or challenging teammate, right? So they can give you a couple of to uh, talking points. You can use AI for that. Um, now it won't do your job, but it will, it will definitely make things a little bit um, more clear to you on how you can better communicate, right? Mm -hmm. um, effectively in within your organization. So it's a great way to, to use AI. Then of course, diversity and inclusion is always something we're as an organizations or trying to get um, more dialed in with better at, um, sad to say, this year, there has definitely been some challenges in diversity and inclusion. We've seen a lot of the different, a lot of different seats that had just opened up and been set, uh, um, a lot of seats that had just been opened up with major organizations are now open or, you know, they had closed and been filled and now they're open again. So I would hate to see us reverse in that respect. Um, but so I think we're still battling with what diversity and inclusion looks like within the organization. So I can definitely see that being um, an initiative. And then second, thirdly, of course, uh, remote work. Where are we with remote work? One minute we are looking for remote workers. Next minute is like, hey, I want everyone back in. But the, the, the job seekers are still looking for remote work. So really trying to figure out what that looks like within our organizations. I agree. Um, <clears throat> I definitely wanted to talk about, yes, automation across the board, whether it is you want to understand how to effectively communicate with your team, mm -hmm. whether it's you want to have different reporting structures um, delivered to your team, delivered to you um, differently. And so I think that it's really important that uh, we understand how automation is going to 
is going to play a role in all of our positions moving forward. Um, and then you did, you know, you did say remote work. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Right. As companies are creating a lot of these hybrid roles, right, where it's two to three days in the office, mm -hmm. a lot of people don't want to come into the office two to three days a week. Your mm -hmm. teams are not excited about leaving their kids at home. They're not excited about having to just get out of, you know, bed and make that travel. Let me not even say bed because I don't, I don't want to allude to the fact that people don't leave their bed, but a lot of people have have home offices, they have right. designated spaces to work that are comfortable. You know, um, a lot of people may be having, you know, different, different things. Like for example, ADHD, you have to know how to work with all of your different teammates, which is what you stated earlier. Mm -hmm. Um, but I feel that that's going to be something that's going to be huge on the leadership docket as well, as far as understanding how am I motivating this team to still want to show up and do the work, although the location of where we perform the work is changing drastically and has over the last year. Yes, it has. Um, so I think that we have definitely talked about a lot, right? We've pointed out the differences between a management style, a, you know, a management style of leadership versus you going for true leadership. I, I, I don't even want, I kind of want to stand against the fence of even calling management really a leadership style. Right. I feel, what would you say about that? Um, yeah, I mean, I agree with you because I definitely feel there's a huge difference between being a manager and a leader because leaders train up other leaders and managers are more I driven. Leaders are we, managers are I. Um, and, and one is um, more high level, you know. Um, and I think that for you guys to know, I think that it's important for you to know that you don't you do not have to sit in the C-suite or in the executive role. Right. For you to be a leader, because I think some people, they when they take on titles as, you know, you're the manager of such and such department or the supervisor or director, they don't hear, you know, they don't really tie the tied into each other, tied into meaning that they are a leader. They need to have a certain way of you know, you can generate ideas, I guess, right. in a nutshell, I guess is what I want to say, right? You can generate ideas. You can be a, the optimal leader as a supervisor title or a manager title or these different things, um, because that's going to be within you, right? So leadership to me is, um, I inspire, I am transformative, you know, creative. I welcome others' I, uh, ideas, collaborative, you know, all of these things. It's not about me. It's not about I. It's about we. It's about us. It's about, you know, what we're going to do um, as a team. Correct. And, and to add to that, I think a true leader is really a visionary. When you can identify and take all the pieces that you said and see what you said earlier about leaders being able to identify how to work with people and how to bring members of the team along. Um, that's really when when you have crossed over it from a manager or, you know, a task oriented individual contributor to a leader. Absolutely. So I am I think that this this interview with you, T, first of all, thank you so much for your time. And I think that we have so many key takeaways from this. 
Is there anything that you want to say, a final note that you want to give to our listeners who are on the journey to becoming effective leaders? Yeah. Um, stay true to your values, you know, um, continuously learn and adapt. Very important. Um, cultivate your emotional intelligence, you know, be authentic and be empathetic. You know, that's what's going to be extremely important as you grow and as you grow your teams and and be that leader that people talk about for years to come. I love that. Now, let the job seekers know how they can get in touch with you. Yeah. Um, check me out on LinkedIn, T. Cooper. And I'm always, you know, delivering daily advice or um, little tidbits, I like to call them, of, of how you can be a better leader. And also, if there are leaders on the call right now who listen to some of the, the points that you made and they feel like their organization may need someone to come in and help their leaders maybe take it to the next level, how do they get in contact with you? Yes, um, they can go to my website at www.imtcooper.com and send me a message request and I'll get back to you within 24 hours to get something scheduled. Awesome. Thank you so much, T. And until next time. Thank you, Jill.